0: Uh, hey, I love our church. Uh, dads, that was amazing. That was amazing. I got you on video too. Uh, incredible. We got dads dancing today. We got barbecue outside today from some of our guys who, uh, who made some barbecue for you. We got cool cars. Do You see the cars out there? I hope you did. If you didn't, you need to afterward. They're amazing. We got some games outside afterwards and lots of fun uh, to celebrate uh, our dads. But also we're going to point our hearts toward our heavenly father today and, and talk about him. But one other reason that I like this church uh, is because and I love this place is because we also right now, there's a group, there's a team of uh, four amazing brave leaders and six Fourth through rising, fourth through sixth graders that have been at Camp Kid Jam all week, uh, or for the past three or four days. And so here they are. Uh, they're incredible. They have one more session this morning. They're driving home today. I just want you to know that you have uh, an incredible love kids team that loves our kids. These kids are growing closer to God together, they're growing closer together, uh, and they're having an amazing time as you see. And I, our leaders might be having a better time than the, uh, the kids are, uh, but uh, they've had such a cool time together. So, um, it is Dad. Uh, it is Dad Day. It's Father's Day, and uh, in honor of that, I'm gonna tell you a few. A few uh, I'm gonna tell you a few dad jokes. Is that good? Is that good? Uh, a few dad jokes. All right. Um, if a child refuses to nap, are they guilty of resisting arrest? Um, I gotta this without looking at my notes. Um, my dog accidentally swallowed a whole bag of Scrabble tiles. The, uh, the other day. We took, we took her to the vet to get her checked out. No word yet. <laughs> How much does Santa pay to park his sleigh? Nothing. It's on the house. Although some say it's eight or nine bucks depending on the weather. Just got it. <laughs> I, got, uh, I got arrested today for walking out of an art museum with a painting. It wasn't today, it was yesterday actually, I said today. Um, I'm so confused because earlier, when I asked the security guard if I could take a picture, they said yes. Okay, when you die, when you die, what's the last part of your body to stop working? Your pupils. They dilate. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, this is... <laughs> you're not going to do it. This one. My geography teacher asked if I could name a country with no R in it. I said, no way. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's fine, who said that? Here's my notes. Uh, Come on up. (laughs) That's the end of the jokes. Um, My my father, yeah, you can clap. uh, uh, Yeah, 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 it was great, I know, I know. Um, Clearly I missed my calling. Uh, So so in all seriousness, my father uh, impacted me in a way that nobody ever uh, has or ever could. and he died in the fall of 2020. Um, he was kind. He was thoughtful. He was generous. He loved us. He loved uh, my mom. He loved his wife so, so well. He showed us how to, to be an amazing husband. He had an honest faith. Like My dad had a really honest faith. He followed Jesus, and he asked the big questions in life, which I thought was such a cool example. Great dads are a real gift, Right, like great dads are a real gift. And I'm not, uh, you know, it's it's possible that you didn't have a great dad in your life, uh, but they coach and they teach and they train and they encourage, they correct and they serve, and, and they love. And um, not everyone has had a great dad, but they're a gift. If you do, or, or if you've even got a guy in your life like that, it's a real gift. Great earthly fathers point us to a great heavenly father. Like great earthly fathers point us to a great. Heavenly Father. So this series is called The Big Guy Upstairs. And, uh, and, and so the idea is this. If you want to know somebody better, the first thing you got to do is find out their name. And the interesting thing about God is that he has a lot of names. If you want to get to know God better, it's the same thing. So we've been exploring the names of God, how they can help us get to know him better. And the reason is this, because that's what life's all about. Life is better in every way, knowing him can keep um, us from from pursuing dead-end things, from empty relationships. So last week, we talked about God being a friend of sinners. It's this amazing name that he's called, the friend of sinners. It's a name that breaks through the stereotypes that we have, the stereotypes of him being distant, the stereotypes of him not caring. And, and, And this week, what I would say is this, there's a name that if you can adopt it, it will change your relationship with him. It's from a letter in the New Testament that Paul wrote to Christians in Rome. And these Christians in Rome were dealing with this oppressive culture, trying to pull them in the opposite direction. It's like their feet were standing in the current, and this current was trying to pull them downstream, and they were trying to stand in it. And the book of Romans is amazingly deep and uh, theologically rich. And what Paul was doing is in the book of Romans, he was defining what new life in Christ is now like. He was a Jewish man, Paul was, and so he was speaking to his Jewish brothers. And he was saying, I know that you think that God is distant. I know that you think that you can only connect with him through, um, through a priest. But I'm here to tell you that he's so much more personal than that. And and in Romans chapter 8, if you want to read one chapter in the book of Romans, read Romans chapter 8, because it's like the pinnacle of the book. It's the heart of it all. And it introduces this name of God that I want to share with you today. So Paul writes this book. He writes it like a lawyer uh, trying to build a case, and he's trying to prove some things. He's trying to prove why we need God, why we can't get to him on our own. And, And spoiler alert, it's because of our own sin. And he's talking about what God did about it. And in fact, in chapter 7 of the book of Romans, he says some things like this. He says, I don't understand what I'm doing. I don't understand what I do because what I want to do, I don't do. But what I, what I don't want to do, I do. And then he kind of says, hey, I'm just like drowning in all of, of this life. I'm drowning because I'm, I'm doing the things I don't want to do. I'm, I'm not doing the things I want to I wanna do, and maybe you've felt that way too in life, like you're drowning in the choices that you've made, and you're asking, like Paul was asking in this letter, who's gonna rescue me from this? Because it's not gonna be me. Who's gonna save me? Because it's not gonna be me. And so he gets into this part of Romans chapter eight that I wanna share with you this morning, and it goes like this, it starts like this. He says, therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So um, when I was 16, I uh, speaking of cars and cool cars, like I had a, a 1968 Ford Mustang, it was lime green, and uh, about four weeks after I got my license, I wrapped that thing around a tree, all right? So uh, I know it's just painful even now to to think about, but the sun, I mean, really, truly, people think this is an excuse. The sun kind of hit me in my eyes. I reached down to get my sunglasses. I put put them on my face. By the time I put them on my face, I was through the intersection, and the front end of this car was wrapped around a tree. And so uh, the car was totaled, and I got hurt. I smashed my face against the steering wheel. And among other things, what happened was that I got ticketed for reckless driving. All right, I got, I got a ticket for reckless driving. I also probably got a ticket for leaving the scene of the, the accident because I, 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 this guy drove me to the hospital. I didn't know anything, so I just left before the police got there, but they tracked me down. All right, and so I got this ticket for reckless driving, and I didn't know anything about that. And so what I remember distinctly was that my father went with me to the courthouse, and he walks up to the DA, this, this woman who's the DA, and he has this conversation with her, and I'm not sure what he said, and they talked for a little while, but before I knew it, she had thrown out that ticket. I, like, like, I was totally guilty, all right? But she had mercy on me. If you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. We condemn ourselves often, I feel like, in our own minds. But if you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. You have a ticket. I have a ticket. It's a big ticket, okay? It's a big, life-altering, life-changing ticket. And that in Christ has been wiped clean. It's been taken away, Paul says. There's now no condemnation for you. Why? He goes on to answer that question. He says what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemns the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. It's not just the judge canceling the ticket. It's Jesus saying, put it on my record. Put that ticket on my record. And we're like, but Jesus, you didn't do it, right? You didn't do it. He says, I know, but I can handle it and you can't. There's no condemnation because Jesus paid for our sin. And that's a big deal. You might hear that a lot. I don't know, you might not hear that a lot. But if you hear that a lot and you've heard that a lot in your life, it can seem like not a big deal. It's the biggest of deals. There's no condemnation because Jesus paid for our sin. He took it on himself. And then Paul goes on, he says this, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it, It's not that. For if you live according to the flesh, you're gonna die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. He's saying, hey, the body is subject to death because of sin. Sin costs something. It costs something. When you miss the mark, and that's all sin is, it's just missing the mark, there is a price to be paid. But if you have Christ, if he is in you, you have the spirit, and get this, here's what he said, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. That same power that raised him from the dead is the same undiluted power living in you. That's amazing that that same power that raised him from the dead exists in the Holy Spirit in us. If Christ is in you, you have life. If Christ is in you, you have life and therefore we have an obligation not to the flesh, not to sin. Our obligation, he says, is to live, he says, by the Spirit. And here's where we get this amazing name of God. Here's, here's what he says. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And then he says this. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. Some people say Abba, I say Abba. Like, like I say, you, you say Abba, I say Father. You say Abba, I say Dancing Queen, okay? Um, Abba, Father. You can say Abba if you want to. You've been adopted by a heavenly Father who loves you. And that word, Abba, is this, it, it, it shocked the readers when they first heard it. Like, when, when, when they first read this letter out loud, it shocked them to hear him use that word because it's so personal. It's so personal. It's a term of endearment. It's like, it's, it's less father and more dad. Okay? That's what Abba means. Because of Christ, there's no more condemnation. He took payment for sin. And if you're in Christ, he accepted. Like, like accepting that reality. His spirit lives in you, you've been adopted by a Heavenly Father who loves you and you have a new life with the added benefit of being able to say Abba to him, being able to say, Dad, like, hey, Dad, to him. That's how personal he wants to be. And Paul is, is, is coming from this place that I think a lot of us come from at times, this place of worn out, legalistic religion where it's all about just things that we do. It's all about the do's and the don'ts. It's all about the steps. It's all about the the ritual. And Paul's coming out of that, and he's saying it's so much more. It's not that the rituals are bad. It's just that they can be empty without relationship. And he's saying, guess what? This is like Abba, Father. That's how God is. And he's like, come on, come on. come, Come with me. This is it. This is everything. This is life. That he can be... Your dad, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how challenged you are, it doesn't matter because on the inside we have life, active growing life and it's this spark that can turn into a flame that they can turn into this, this fire within us. And he's trying to paint a picture of what that's like. You've been adopted, I've been adopted by a heavenly Father who loves me. And he says this, then he concludes this section. He says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. This is where it gets really crazy. We are heirs. We're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Now that we're God's children, reconnected, grafted in, adopted sons and daughters, what that means is that we are heirs of God. And we're co-heirs with, with Christ. And I gotta tell you, that sounds ridiculous. You know how amazing that is it's kind of like if God, you know, I feel like if God were like letting me into his banquet hall, he, if he's letting me into the party, I kind of feel like, well, I'll just sort of sit beside the door because I don't know if you really want me in here and you might just change your mind. So I'll just sit over, over here in, in case God, you decide this is a bad idea to let me in. I mean, that's just kind of how it, it feels and God replies to that, you don't get it. You don't understand, don't cheapen what I've done. He says, you see the seat beside me? That's like the seat beside Jesus. That's your chair. That's your chair. Come here beside him. And it's kind of like if you, if you um, there's just that story about the prodigal son, right? Where he, he takes all of his father's wealth and he goes away and he squanders it and he decides that I, I got to come back because my father's servants are living better than, than I am right now. And so he decides maybe I'll come back as one of his slaves, And I don't know if you remember this part of the story or not, but the father says, no, 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 we're not going to have any of that. Come, I'm giving you the robe, and I'm putting a ring on your finger, and we're throwing a party together because my lost son has been found again. And so he's restoring to him all of the rights of being an heir in that moment. To the older brother's disgust, right? Because he can't believe that the father would be that generous. we tend to think it's not fair. Like, like, like it's not fair, right? And it's not. But it's God, the God who is Abba, Father, the God who wants to hold you close and pull you tight, the God who is the best Father that there is. Um, There were a lot of things I loved to do with my dad. We used to go fishing, sometimes he would come home from work and, and I would see him in our basement getting into fishing gear together and I would get excited because that would meant he was going to take us to this pond up the road and my brother and I were going to go fishing with him for the, for the evening. And that was always so much fun. Uh, he would let me drive this tractor when we had this, my, my family had this big garden. It was kind of almost like a farm. It was this big garden and he would see, sit me up in his lap and Let me help drive the tractor with him. He would come and show up uh, with my mom to our soccer games and basketball games. and, and, And like mostly I loved just being with him. Mostly I loved just being with him. And my dad knew Jesus. And so right now I know like he's with his heavenly Abba Father. How amazing that must be. God wants to be your Abba Father, but he will never force his way into that relationship with you. He will never push his way into your life. He will wait for you to invite him. But God wants to be that close to you so that you can see him walking beside you and sense his leading and begin to follow him and enjoy his presence. What do you need to do, right? What do I need to do? I mean, you can't earn it, you just have to receive it. You you can't work toward it, you just have to welcome it. There's an invitation for you here today. And that invitation is to simply step into that relationship and say, "I'm, I'm done with the rules, I'm done with the distance, I'm done with trying to do it on my own, I'm finally returning and I can't believe that it's true but I am believing that it's true today that you want that kind of relationship with me, that all the walls of sin and my shame have been broken down and Jesus has taken care of all of it and I've got this big ticket, yes, but you've paid it all, that you've paid it all, Jesus. And so maybe today your next step is saying yes. I'll give you a chance in a minute to even do that. Um, Maybe also today, it's, it's simply practicing. You know, if you're someone who follows Jesus, and, but this is hard, right? Maybe it's just practicing being in his presence. Like, like, like practicing, uh, in other words, taking time and saying, okay, I'm gonna say right now to myself out loud to God, um, God, I just wanna enjoy your presence today, the presence of Abba, Father. I wanna enjoy the benefits of that relationship. I don't wanna push it away any longer. I wanna take advantage of what you've given to me that's right there in your grasp someone who walk with you someone who will put his arm around you someone who'll go through life with you no matter how hard it gets maybe today it's just about saying thank you Um, thank you for being that kind of god thank you that you are right next to me and i don't have to do any work you're just right there There's a part of us that's like, it can't be that easy, can it? That's grace. That's grace. Hard earned, freely given grace. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.